Brew Strong is brought to you by Blickman Engineering, home of the top-tier brewing stand. Visit them online at BlickmanEngineering.com. Time for the beer radio you've been looking for. This is the show that dispels myths, tackles the toughest topics, and makes no apologies for geeking out on beer. Hosted by two guys that drink before they think, Jamil Zanashev and John Palmer. This is Brew Strong. Hey, howdy, hey, my ruined brothers and sisters. Greetings, Cretans. <laughs> well, we have a couple of Cretans here in the studio with us. Uh, and yes. JP are sharing with uh, uh, Chris Kennedy and Warren Billups, the uh, head brewer and assistant brewer at uh, Heretic Brewing Company. Hello. Hi. Hello. <laughs> you can see how live and dynamic it yeah. is down the at Heretic Brewing Company. Two most personable people in brewing. How exciting it is. uh, People love us. (laughs) They find me pleasant to be around. The reviewers of tours say we treat them like family. (laughs) You yell at them and tell them to get off your shit? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure it's a lot like judging beer. I'll tell you your personal to your face, but enter your personality in the competition, and I'll rip it apart. (laughs) I don't know. That was a good analogy. I like that. It wasn't very good. It was was topical. It was kind of sloppy. Topical. Topical, like like a uh, like an ointment, ointment, or a cream, yeah. or a, cr- a cream, yeah. cream. What is cream? <laughs> for for five hundred dollars, I'll go with what is cream. <laughs> the rapist. What are we doing today, Jamal <laughs> and John Palmer? It's French. We are answering questions again today. I think Palmer is is French for handshake, <laughs> <laughs> or hand, or rub and tug, uh, yeah, or hand, hand lotion. Job, yeah. Speaking of hand lotion. God, this is really gone. You want to start over? Let's talk about our friend John Blickman. <laughs> All right. Of hand so I just want to go on, the, uh, go on the record. That one was Palmer's fault, not mine. Yeah. When Blickman calls up and complains, uh, Justin, it was Palmer. It was Palmer. No, no, no. Uh, I tell you, he's... <laughs> That's one thing about John Blickman. You, you're not going to know this. I mean, you, you you deal with Blickman Engineering. What you're going to get is, uh, you know, great customer service, great, uh, you know, appreciation of you as a customer, uh, you know, a really very professional, top ri- top-notch run organization. Yep. Now, <laughs> I love me, my John Blickman. But I'll tell you, the guy's got a wacky, weird sense of humor. When you go out and hang out with that guy, do you know him? I tell you, you're you're looking at somebody who's got uh, kind of a, a, a funny, deviant uh, Midwest, sense of humor. just like our other good buddy John Palmer. Yeah, yes. yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, the thing is, Palmer's becoming more deviant on the radio the longer he goes on. Ah. If you go back to when the show started, it's like, yeah, you know, uh, I don't know. I, I don't think I can say darn because that would be offensive to uh, to the darnites. So. Uh, you know, but now look at him. Look at him. Yeah. 
Huh? Look, I've at gotten him. much more comfortable on air. It's the radio. <laughs> it's the you can't radio. Look at him. You can't look at him. Yeah. Um, but our good friend John Blickman, he's he's a funny guy, and I tell you, just like a, a lot of uh, very intelligent, uh, creative people, uh, he's funny. And, uh, you know, he also takes that intelligent creativity and puts it towards great brewing equipment. So he's always trying to figure out new ways to make the brew day, you know, that much more effective or easy or, uh, you know, much more successful. And uh, that's what you get with Blickman Engineering. So go check him out on the web. Blickman with two N's, engineering.com. And uh, while you're at it, send him an email. Tell him, hey, th- John, thanks for uh, paying for this uh the Bruce Strong program, I like it, and uh, you know, thanks for for paying for the show for us. So uh, I'm sure he, he would appreciate it. And uh, yeah, if you have a good joke or something, you can send that to him. Yeah. I'm saying, feel like that. He yep. he enjoys good good comedy. All right. So Q and A live Q and A. What do we got here, JP? What's our first uh, question out of the out of the bucket? Well, I'm going to pass this to John Palmer. Uh-huh. Is a question about magnesium. And Jamil, if oh. you if you feel like you you know you know you can just jump in. Anyway, but uh, hey, guys, uh, <laughs> oh, this is man. from this is from Jason. You know, I'd have an answer regardless of whether I knew <laughs> the answer. I'd have an answer for you. When I was mining magnesium in yes. my younger day, um, hey guys, I love the show and thought it was high time to ask my very first question for the next Q and A. John's How to Brew and other resources recommend a magnesium level of ten to thirty ppm and state that it is a necessary yeast nutrient. I live in Portland, Oregon, where the water report shows a magnesium level of 1 ppm, far below the recommended 10. I've been adding up some salts to my water to bring it up to the, to the recommended level, but have found that after doing so, I need to also add other salts to balance out the sulfate from the Epsom. Uh, I read in some forums on the web that some amount of magnesium exists in malt and that is extracted out during the mash, so it's not necessary to add any extra magnesium, magnesium to my mash water. Is there any validity to this? Am I adding Epsom salts to my water unnecessarily? I listen to all the Water Ganza shows and have searched the web far and wide, but haven't been able to find the answer to my question. Thanks for your help, Jason. Well, that is a really good question. Um, Thank you. Malt is supposed to contain, um, you know, some some amount of magnesium that the uh, yeast need and they indeed need as an enzyme cofactor. Uh, for a good fermentation, so the problem is that the enzyme, the magnesium levels in the malt will vary with the region that the malt was grown. Um, I would, you know, I'd assume that most malts have uh, minimal, you know, minimum levels uh, that will probably, you know, I mean, brewing works. It's it's a very robust process, but. Um, so, in other words, I think you could get away with not adding any magnesium. But if you're in Portland, I mean, the water there is so devoid of minerals, it's practically snow melt, um, that I think uh, some magnesium and some calcium is warranted to uh, improve your fermentation further. I mean, um, magnesium, magnesium aside, uh, you know, all the, you know, Classic brewing books, De Klerk, you know, um, multi brewing science, Coons, and so on, all recommend fifty parts per million of calcium as a minimum uh, for good fermentation performance, good clarification performance. You know, uh, afterwards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and and the, I think uh, if you're doing that, then you might as well add the magnesium along with it. 
you know, some magnesium sulfate. Um, uh, you know, that being said, yeah, you can brew you can brew beer with distilled water. You can, you know, without any salt additions whatsoever, uh, and you get beer. The question is, do you get the best beer you could be getting? And I think that's what they, the only way you can answer that is to you know by tasting and comparing. Jamil? Yeah, I, I, I would, uh, you know, uh, I'm not sure about 10, 10 ppm on uh, magne- magnesium. Um, and, you know, the um, enzymatic reactions that uh, magnesium is a cofactor in. Um, other, you know, mineral salts would, it would take the place. I think zinc is much more important. You know, I would worry about zinc. I wouldn't worry about magnesium. I think if you got some magnesium there, you're going to get some from the malt. It's really not not an issue i wouldn't bother with adding magnesium but i would make sure you got enough zinc make sure you got enough calcium you should be good to go on all the rest uh you know the, like john saying the malts um and i think regardless of where they're grown i think uh most malts have uh, appropriate magnesium i'm not sure um i imagine there's probably some region where where they don't but in general they do um there's a, a lot of uh you know uptake from the soil and uh I think that's a pretty common uh, 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 element mineral. in uh, mineral <laughs> element in uh, in the uh, in the malt. So yep. um, your beer glass is empty. I'd, I'd worry far more about zinc, zinc and calcium. And with questions like that, you can always you know have a you have a probably have a favorite local brewer. Uh, you can always ask them what they do for their water additions. Mm-hmm. If you if you're really really happy with a local brewer's beer, just see if they're adding. Epsom salts are, you know, it's always good to get the the opinion of people who battle like weird water like that, where there's mm-hmm. zero of some or one ppm of something that right. Normal. Well, there's higher. plenty of brewers that you know they strip it down and then build it back build up. Back up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, look at uh, Firestone Walker does that, and a, a number of others. All right, let's take a short break. When we come back, we'll more of your questions after this. When you hear Blickman Engineering, think innovation, passion, quality, and customer service. Blickman Gear is designed by brewers to give you a sense of pride in your equipment. At Blickman, they know what makes brewing a pain and build gear that makes it fun. Like the intuitive beer gun, a completely different approach to filling bottles. The Therminator Wart Chiller, a new take on a plate chiller that's sized for flow, performance, and the high groundwater temps homebrewers face every day. The Brewmometer, a brilliant weld thermometer design with brewing parameters right on the dial. The Auto Sparge, ultimate simplicity for preventing an overflow or running your mash tun dry. And much more, like the modular top-tier brewing stand, conical fermenters, and their boiler maker brew pots. With more cutting-edge equipment coming soon, keep up with the latest from Blickman at BlickmanEngineering.com and stay on the cutting edge. Hi, this is Push from the Brewing Network, and I want to tell you about the Brewmaster's Warehouse and how you can get 10% off your next order. I'm a pretty techie guy, but I've never seen an online store like this. It's awesome. Go to brewmasterswarehouse.com and click on Brew Builder. You can whip up a custom recipe so easily even Sven could do it. Seriously, it's slick. You can share your recipe with your own logo and notes to the Brewmaster's database if you want. And the best part, it keeps a running tally of the beer you're building while you're doing it. Then, bam, click Buy Recipe, and your cart is filled and ready to go with helpful suggestions in case you forgot something. This thing is amazing. Brewmaster's Warehouse is run the way a home brewer would do it with great service, fast turnaround, and $6.99 flat rate shipping. 
Brewmaster's Warehouse and the Brew Builder blew me away. Check it out today at brewmasterswarehouse.com. I'm serious. And don't forget to put BNARMY in the discount code box for 10% off your order. Check out brewmasterswarehouse.com. Cheers. A heretic is anyone who does not conform to an established attitude, doctrine, or principle. If you love craft beer, you're already a heretic. The very first thing we did when we started looking at the beers that we would brew, we got rid of all those recipes. We started from scratch. We've been pilot brewing the most creative things that we think of and the most interesting things. We've completely gone away from style. Heretic Brewing Company is opening this spring in Pittsburgh, California, and you can be a part of it. Visit hereticbrewing.com and facebook.com slash hereticbrew. Get the latest updates on the brewery and upcoming beers. Show everyone how you celebrate great beer as a heretic. It's a fairly powerful word. Being a heretic, that means you're not settling for ordinary beer. You are going with flavorful, creative, bold, interesting beers. A heretic is looking for the best beers out there. Be a heretic. Don't drink ordinary beer. Have you ever dreamed about attending the World Brewing Academy? This year, thanks to Lalamond and Danstar, one lucky brewer will make that dream a reality for free. Lalamond and Danstar invite you to enter the Beer School 2012 contest. One lucky grand prize winner will receive fully paid tuition in the 2012 World Brewing Academy web-based concise course in brewing technology worth more than $3,000. From now until April 12, 2012, every Danstar yeast package you use is your ticket to enter. Visit danstaryeast.com for the details and to print your official entry form. There's no limit on the number of times you can enter, so get brewing with Danstar and get your entries in to the Danstar 2012 Beer School Contest. Whether you want to build your home brewing skills or build a career as a professional brewer, this course will change the way you think of beer and brewing. Enter at danstaryeast.com and get the dry yeast advantage with Danstar and Lalamond Premium Brewing Yeast and enter to win. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, More Beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. Morebeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. Morebeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to morebeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of the buzz, the forum, the learning center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. Back to the two guys that know how to turn beer into beer. This is Brew Strong. All right, we're back with beer <laughs> and more of your questions. That sounded like a produced segment. All right, yeah, we, we do we do uh, 
these Q&A shows uh, every so often. Uh, we try and catch up on all your questions. You can email them in to uh, brewstrong at thebrewingnetwork.com and uh, try and keep them uh, on topic and uh, one question per, per email, and we'll, we'll get to them as soon as we can. All right. What's our next question, JP? Next question is from Adam in Sydney, Australia. He says, I'm an Australian who, like half the country, has spent some time of his life in the U.K. I got back to brewing in Australia mainly to replicate English beers. 20 years later, still brewing, but the final step is to set up a hand pump uh, slash sparkler system to get that particular quality you can only get from a pumped beer. I'm heading to the U.K. in a few months and want to buy the equipment while I'm there. Can you find someone who knows it inside and out and can tell me what I need, how to set it up, and most importantly, how to manage the keg? Will it run from a corny? Uh, so how would I manage the CO2 gas blanket, et cetera, et cetera? Cheers. Uh, yeah, I, I was thinking we could probably do a show on this, John. But, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty simple, really. You're going to, you know, find whatever used uh, beer engine you can get. Um, I have an Angram. They, they come in different sizes, different uh, size uh, pours based on how many, you know, per stroke so mm-hmm. you can you can pull on the on the on the handle and you'll get like a quarter of a pint a half a pint you know they come in different increments and generally for homebrew you want the smallest increment uh, if you get the largest increment um, that thing's you know filled with beer there's a lot of waste when you stop uh, the reason they they have the bigger ones is for bars where they want to fill glasses really fast and not waste a lot of time. But for homebrew use, you use the smallest ones you can get. All right. Does it make a difference as well as like how far the keg is from the the handle? Uh, the well, yeah. I mean, keep your tubing as short as possible so you reduce waste as well. Um, you can go ahead and pull directly off a of corny. What you do is you vent one side of it. Mm-hmm. And you know you draw air in and you pump the beer back out and you can you know carbonate like you would a firkin uh, or whatever or a pin. Um, the thing is, um, he talks about CO two blanket. Well, um, the only way you're going to CO two blanket it is with a cask breather. You can buy those online. They've gotten cheaper now, but they're still not too too inexpensive. Um, you hook it up to CO two, and what it does is provide like a one psi. Uh, pressure over the beer of CO2, so when you're drawing in. but And I think for homebrew, actually, that's a pretty useful thing, unless you're going to use the keg up um, within a day or two. Because when you draw in that air, and one of the, the great things about you know cask beer, you know, true cask beer and real ale, is that you know the air is drawn in and the beer starts to take on some of the character of the environment where it's at, your individual pub. And uh, you'll get, uh, you know, bacteria and yeast and stuff in there that, you know, start to, you know, oxidize and take on other other characteristics. And, you know, that's fine unless it goes a little too far. And it goes too far pretty quick. So you got to drink that whole thing in a day or two. That's that's fine. But if you're expecting it to last weeks, then you got to do the cask breather. And it's mm-hmm. considered not quite as real ale, but, you know, it's still fine. Well, the is a cask is, breather like just putting like a very, very low pressure on your regulator to the Yeah, to the keg? but most regulators won't do one PSI. 
I think oh, okay. a cask breather works because it, it, it replace like it, it when it, uh, the keg draws a vacuum, it draws in the CO two as opposed to a constant pre- force of pressure on the. Uh, well, it's like a membrane, no, it's it's, right? a, it's it's one psi. Oh, is it? Yeah. But if you could have a real fine regulator that would do one psi, that would be fine. But uh, that's essentially what the cask breather is, and it's it's a you know diaphragm that pulls open. But what you end up with is about one psi for the diaphragm to close. It takes about a psi. Mm-hmm. So once it reaches a psi, that pushes it shut. Mm-hmm. So it's, it has some minor pressure. So the equivalent thing would be the same if you have a real fine regulator on it. Well, he mentioned a he mentioned a sparkler, right? And he's also say. using a, ca- a CO two cask breather. He's not too worried about tradition. So I mean, at right. that point, honestly, like I would recommend actually trying out a, a, just a nitro tap. Don't don't use nitrogen. Just do a low carbonation on your CO two uh, on your yeah. beer. Run it through a nitro tap. You're going to get with the sparkler. You get the cascading head that you get on a nitro tap with the restricted dicks, restricting disc. Restricted dick, and then it's going <laughs> to lower. You it's going to lower your CO two, and your the, the, the only yeah. with, when you have a cask when you're hand pulling with a, a CO two breather and a sparkler. Yeah, there's no difference. I'm listening using, to you, Chris. No. <laughs> there's no difference. Right. There's no difference between so, using a nitro tap. I mean, and a, a, cask. a lot of people tell you you're yeah you're you're a, a, a nutcase for even considering using a sparkler in the first place. Um, and some people are, are cool with the sparkler. Some people aren't. It's a sparkler is just like a little plastic piece that you screw on the end of the uh, the beer engine, and um, it just drives all the CO two out and f- makes it you know f- uh, cascade up through the beer. So um, you know you, you, the cool thing is you can buy a sp- uh, sparkler. It tends to be like five bucks, and you can. Take it on or off your beer engine and try both and see what you like. And um, so I wouldn't hesitate to get a sparkler, but you know, depending on whether you like it or not. Um, but yeah, you know, on the on the whole, you know, the thing is, the beer engines um, you can't hook up a carbonated keg or anything at pressure because I mean, depending on how long your line is, if it was in the cellar, sure, it'll be okay. But um, if the line's short and it's at the same level, it's going to push beer through your beer engine. It's going to leak out onto the floor. Oh yeah, that's true. Because it's um, it's not like an open close valve. It's a pump, and it's it's opened all the way through to the to the end. So it'll the, the beer will actually push its way out of the uh, of the beer engine. So you you can't have uh, pressurized there. But you could on a faucet, um, you know, do a gas blend or something like that um and that works fairly well i've done um just really low carbonation beers like chris is saying and and serving that way and that's actually pretty good it's nothing like real ale and um but but really know. neither is you know using a, a cast breather sure a it sparkler is with a co2 oh, breather ah, yeah. oh please <laughs> <laughs> I think that those are two entirely different worlds. Even the people that hate sparklers and cast breathers would would still say that's far better than you know a, a cast conditioned uh, you know firkin and the right temperature and all that. Yeah, I don't. Know. Okay, did we answer that one? I don't know. I think I kind of tuned out about four times. All right, you need let's, to hook let's them let's up with someone to get it from. Uh, I know Northern Brewer sells them now. Right. But um, I don't know anybody. If you're in England, just get on like you know, 
the equivalent of Craigslist in England, and uh, and uh, you know check it out. There's there's shops that sell them. I think it's Craigslist and and Craig. used used ones. Craig's Q. Um, <laughs> yeah, and used ones out there, and you can get you can pick them up fairly cheap. It's just uh, and you throw them in your luggage and bring them back home. So yeah, you can get them there pretty cheap. Here's a question from chat. From Dog is my co-pilot. He says, I've been using a blow-off tube instead of an airlock lately, and I've noticed that if I run the tube into a larger vessel with more liquid, it seems to get a lot more pressure build before the CO2 releases. Mm-hmm. Does that extra pressure have a negative uh, negative effect on the yeast? Oh, you know, it's such such a small amount of pressure. Um, not really. But, um, you know, a little bit of head pressure reduces ester production. But... Um, you know, uh, how deep are you making this thing? Um, 15 feet? No, it was like a quarter <laughs> gallon or something like right. that. Is what uh, it's not enough to really probably notice the difference. You might. All right. Um, here's one from John in Fort Collins. Uh, hey, Jamon. Hey, Jamon. Hey, Jamon and Jamil. And whatever <laughs> asshat is running the board this week, I'll assume that's meant for Warren. Um, your recent episode about boil gravity and IBUs reminded me of something that's been bugging me. I've seen it argued many times that going to a full boil is the best thing you can do for your beer. What I don't see is why. I understand that it changes hop utilization, but you can't account for that in your recipe. And you can add extracted flame out to prevent scorching and darkening of the wort. I've never gotten an infection from top-up water, but you could always pre-boil it if you are worried. So what does a full full wort boil buy you? God, that's hard to say. Uh, That makes it so important. Uh, this is just curiosity for me. I already do five-gallon all-grade batches on a propane burner. seems like you could take the money you'd spend on a burner, brew pot, and chiller and invest the gear for your yeast starters and fermentation temp control, and that would be way better bang for the buck. Thanks for your wisdom, and keep up the awesome work. What does full volume do? Full warp boil. It keeps the flavors uh, to what you expect them to be from the style, for one. I mean... The, when you when you do when you're boiling your wort to pr- produce a, any particular style, um, a full wort boil means that you have the typical uh, boil gravity, you know, final and original gravity of that beer on the on the stove. You should be generating typical uh, boil flavors like you know the melanoidin formation and so on during that boil, and then you get the typical flavors that you're expecting if you do a concentrated boil those those uh reactions are a little different you get a little different flavor profile um is it a huge deal no is it you know a significant deal yes so that's one reason that we always argue to go to a full wort boil whenever possible well, and uh, we've also been fond of saying, you know, things like, uh, you know, proteins and all that as far as, you know, head retention and body and, and right, things like that right. can be affected by concentrated boil and then thinning out with water. It's a different character to the beer than, uh, you know, boiling the full volume at that point. That's a, that's another good point, yes. But if he's adding the extract late, that, that helps mitigate that, that impact, right? Yeah, yes. you know, and I've made uh, a good beer with, uh, you know, the canned extract that you just add water to. I've actually done that, and, and you know, nobody said anything about extract or boiling or anything. So I think that's possible, but I think you get a different character. You know, my times doing um, less than full wort boil and then, 
you know, it's a long time ago before I did that and switched to full wort boil. But uh, I thought that there was a significant difference there. So, yeah, it's a, a good question. I mean, maybe today if I experimented enough side by side, I mean, you might be able to make some adjustments for the difference between full wort boil and concentrated boil to kind of mitigate some of those changes. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's a big difference because it's the difference between needing a wort chiller and needing a lot more space, perhaps mm-hmm. boiling outside and then right. easily boiling on your on your kitchen stove. And so mm-hmm. it's a big deal to a lot of people, especially apartment brewers. So. Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. All right. This one is from Destry in Idaho Falls, Idaho. Hey, guys, I love the show and enjoy learning from you. I just started brewing and I'm working on catching up on the shows. I'm thinking about brewing a mead. What is M-E-A-D, mead? What is that? Yeah, I love that. Anyway, sorry. I'm thinking about brewing a mead, and I want to have it ready for next Christmas or New Year's. I figured a mix of three pounds of honey per gallon of water, so 15 pounds of honey and five gallons of water. I'll use the Y Yeast 4184 Sweet Mead Yeast, and want to know if there's a difference between a standard honey and a flavored cream honey. He gives a, 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 a list of the, what is it, old-fashioned creamed-style huckleberry honey. Thanks, and keep on keeping on. What is the difference, I guess, between a creamed honey and a normal honey? Standard honey. <laughs> I think they whip air into creamed honey. Oh. Yeah, that's what I would think. Creamed honey sounds like date okay. night. I thought that was something else. Yeah, <laughs> yeah cream, cream, cream honey. Um, uh, well, and the only other thing that kind of threw me is uh, it's been a while since I made mead, but 15 gallons, uh, or, you know, three, three per, 15 15 pounds per gallon. And five gallons. Right, and, and, and three pounds per gallon. And uh, along with the sweet mead yeast, I think it'd be too sweet. Hmm. Wouldn't that be end up uh, quite quite a sweet mead? Quite I'm sweet. tempted What's, to say yes, but I'm not real sure. Um, you know, if you're going to go with uh, you know a, a real high starting, um, gravity yeah. use the sweet. Um, if you're going to do a moderate starting gravity, use the uh, then you can use the sweet mead yeast. It doesn't attenuate as much. Not knowing <laughs> what 15 pound specific gravity would end up with. Or 15, um, 15 pounds of honey in that. So I had whip out the calculator. I'm think I'm thinking it's like you know, thirty, one thirty. One thirty. Because I had one that was one twenty uh-huh. this last fall, and yeah. I did a sweet mead yeast. Yeah. And it went down into single digits left of specific uh-huh. gravity. Huh. And I had to back sweeten it because I was hoping that it would stop. Right. Right. I was hoping that it would stop, but it just went too low, so <laughs> I had to back sweeten it. No. Oh, all right. Well, there you Live go. Live and learn, I suppose, is the answer. Uh, and the cream, you know, it's, it's like a creamsicle. Um, how much cream do they put in a creamsicle? Right. Spider how, Wrangler, however much it takes. Spider Wrangler in the chat says, Wouldn't creamed honey potentially open you up for bacteria and wild yeast since they are not likely not whipping HEPA-filtered air in? But I don't think so because I think the, the pH and the sugar content in the honey is not going to let anything grow. And then you're boiling it. Well, you know, the the, the thing about uh, why honey doesn't grow anything is because there's no water there. So concentrated uh, that, you know, yeah. but the bacteria and wild yeast will still be on there. It's just uh, once it oxidizes and water starts to form, then uh, the bacteria and, and yeast take over. So is that, a, is that an so issue? It doesn't, I mean, that's why doesn't you boil mean that it's not. Uh, well, you don't boil. Well, you can. Yeah. But... Uh, uh, with meads, you know, Ken Schramm's book, mm-hmm. The Complete Mead Maker, yeah. excellent book. That's just, pick that up, read that, 
follow it word for word. Just follow his instructions. You'll make great meat. That's yeah. the way to go. You know, anything we say on this show is null and void. Yeah. Break? Yeah. Ken Schramm's book, definitely. Right. Tell tell Ken to send a check. <laughs> <laughs> Has that ever happened? No. All right. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll have more of your questions after this. What does craft beer mean to you? Is it a delicious way to support your town's local brewer? Or perhaps it's the perfect beverage to pair with those delicious devils on horseback. Regardless of whether you're thinking of pints or pairings, pilsners or porters, craftbeer.com is the site where craft beer lovers come together to learn and share. Craftbeer.com is brought to you by the Brewers Association and celebrates the best of American craft beer and its brewers. Craftbeer.com is the best place to find craft beer events, recipes, great features stories, the most up-to-date brewery listings, and resources for your next beer tasting or dinner, like style guidelines, pairing mats, and charts. Get the inside scoop on new beer releases and special events from today's craft beer insiders, and chime in to share your own knowledge, perfect pairings, road trips, recipes, and more. Craftbeer.com, celebrating the best of American beer. Listen, our lawyers said that we had to do this for one hour, and after this, we don't have to talk to each other for three more months. And then to the next meeting. Kids. Come on, let's get out of here. I'm supposed to have more lines. I'm the professional. <clears throat> hey, it's Sully. And I'm Nico. And we opened the 21st Amendment nine years ago at 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park, to make great beer and have a great time doing it. That's right, because to us, the 21st Amendment is more than just the right to make beer. It's the right to experiment, to be innovative, and just do things differently. And so now, we're putting our craft beer in cans. That's right, cans. You can find our world-famous Hell or High Watermelon Wheat Beer and Brew Free or Die IPA throughout California and Alaska. And now, it's also available on draft at select accounts in the Bay Area. So next time you're at your local neighborhood pub or good beer store, be sure to ask for 21st Amendment in cans. Because everyone likes it in the can. Tasty Crack Cans. Tasty Crack Cans. BN Army, Hop Tech has a great discount waiting for you. Do you often find it difficult to find specific specialty ingredients for your homebrew recipes? Well, listen to this. Hop Tech stocks 59 different grains to choose from, 39 varieties of pellet hops, and 8 kinds of whole leaf hops. And Hop Tech not only carries Y yeast and White Labs yeast for you, but also Fermentus, 04, 5, 6, 23, 33, and T58 Belgian yeast, plus Cooper's Nottingham and Windsor yeasts. Got your recipe ready to go? Pick up some great brew gear like new long and short sleeve shirts, games, and more. HopTech's new website is being updated every day with new items. If you don't see it, call the shop. They're open six days a week. BN Army and AHA members get a 10% discount, and active military personnel get 15% off. Visit HopTech.com today for great selection, great service, and a great discount. HopTech.com. Hi, this is John from Grain and Grape. We've been supplying brewers in Australia for 21 years, and for all that time we've been working to offer the best service around, including free fortnightly all-grain brewing demos, 90 varieties of malted grain from Belgium, Germany, the US, Britain and Australia, equipment from Browmasters, Kegerators and Crown Urns to the humble brew-in-a-bag bag, heaps of hops, Y-yeast liquid and fermentous and Danstar dried yeast cultures, fresh work kits made at Mountain Goat Brewery and on the 200-litre Browmaster right here in the warehouse. 
We also sponsor and support brewing clubs and comps, the Australian National Home Brewing Conference, Aussie Home Brewer Forum and heaps more. Mostly though, 100 years of brewing experience means that we can give you the best advice on your next recipe, your new system or that brewing problem that needs a solution. Mention the Brewing Network next time you order online or by phone for freight free on your next order. Check out grainandgrape.com.au for conditions. Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Cut hours off your brewing sessions by using one of our 11 varieties of famous Williams malt extract. Our Williams Belgian Pale Extract is mashed with pure Belgian two-row malt and a small percentage of Belgian wheat malt for an authentic Belgian character you just can't get from other extracts. Or check out our unique fermenters, two-and-a-half-gallon kegs, paintball tank-based draft beer equipment, bottling aids, and much more. We even have our own line of precision hydrometers. Go to williamsbrewing.com to browse our vast selection. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 3.30 p.m. Pacific time ship the same day. Brewing is easy. The Williams way. Back to your hosts, Jamil Zanashev and John Palmer. Putting the testicles in technical. This is Brew Strong. <laughs> yeah, we got one of the one of the few guys with a facial merkin uh, going <laughs> going right here. We got Warren. Uh, Joining us. By the way, if you don't know who Warren is, he was the one at NHC last year who pushed the Brewing Network Homebrew Club over the top to win Homebrew Club of the Year. Yeah, he's the one who, who's the reason why the, uh, yeah, all the hop grenade the, uh, now has balls <laughs> hanging off of it. Yeah, head. the balls on the hop grenade are on my chin. Yeah. <laughs> Under his yeah. merkin. And in my pants, which is a weird combination. That's the facial merkin. But anyway, that's Beardy, everybody. So he is your champion home brewer for the BNR. Well, and speaking of Merkins, I wonder if uh, our, our friends at uh, AdamandEve.com might have uh, I'll find out right Merkins now. as one of them. <laughs> <laughs> if they don't, somebody get on that. I think we ought to have Justin tell them they ought to stock Merkins. And, and they would sell, sell like a... I, I should I get some royalties. Is it like double-sided so tape to, my own. to a little attach a Merkin? tape, little spirit gum? I don't nope, know. No Merkin. Um, but I tell you what, on the, on the front page... They have some pretty good waterproof delight vibrators. <laughs> there you go. And if you want to get those, guys, gals, if you if you want to look look in the spice things up in the bedroom. Wow. Uh, if you're fantasizing and surprising your lover with some adventurous new toy, do uh, they have any aeration wands? <laughs> check out. Well, they have something Adam that can double as an aeration com. wand. I'll tell you that. For a limited time only, you'll get fifty percent off just about any item. And that's not all. When you select your one item at 50% off, you'll also receive three free adult DVDs. And you'll get a free extra gift. So sensual, we can't mention on the radio. Did you say essential or sensual? Sensual. S-E-N-S-U-A-L. We can't mention it on the radio. And to top it all off, they'll throw in free shipping on the entire order. It's a really great deal from a from a great sponsor that's been around with us for, for quite some time now. Check it out, adamandeve.com. You go there, you use the offer code Jamel, J-A-M-I-L. 
you're going to get free uh, 50% off one item. You'll get uh, three free DVDs, and you're going to get a free gift and free shipping. A lot of free stuff for buying one item at half price, and their prices aren't aren't ridiculous. So uh, you're going to get a great, great deal. Prices, yeah. yeah, their prices are good. Uh, I don't think you, you can really beat the prices. And you get 50% off just, just to get you in as a customer to start out. So uh, use that offer code, Jamel, J-A-M-I-L, at adamandeve.com today. And they also have a bunch of other stuff like toy cleaners and like stuff that you don't actually think you would ever really need. But they have they're basically your one stop shop for all that kind of bedroom stuff. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> they like take it to the nth degree. It's like a Blickman who, who like engineers like really top end stuff. Uh-huh. That's what Adam and Eve, they think of everything. The Blickmans, but yet they have no Merkins. Of the toy. They don't have. I tell you, they get the Merkin. Tell them, look. Well, tell them, look. We'll sell a hundred Merkins easy. But I, I think in this day and age, the less hair, the better, right? Isn't that what it is? So who, wants, some, who some, wants like seventies bush? Sometimes you want you want the bush. You don't want the bush. You're shaved. You can you know you can just you, you know about, all of a sudden you decide that night it's going to be like a I you know seventies disco night. You slap on the Merkin. <laughs> you, you, you know <laughs> there you, heard, you are. Have you heard You're about rocking this? the Merkin. Have you heard about the new? You go you know and then the next day you got to go down to the gym. You're walking around naked. What you, you yank that Merkin off? And <laughs> well, I think what, Matt Brindleson should, uh, should uh, license his velvet Merkin. <laughs> Look right. like his beard. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think there's a money. He could do a casting of the beard, and there you go. I'm going to avoid my question. I'm just going to get to the chat room. Okay. Chat has better questions going on than mine, which was about men wearing tights, which is weird. <laughs> uh, this is from <laughs> this is from Butt Widget, which is, again, probably you can get that at adamandeve.com. Mm-hmm. I've seen a good bit of uh, conventional internet wisdom, uh, he says that quote, about using dry leaf hops, and I'm wondering what the real deal is which is also in quotes. The internet wisdom, in quotes, is to use anywhere from 10% to 20% more dry leaf hops than pellets due to the fact that one gets better utilization from pellet hops. Can't I just calculate IBUs and use dry leaf hops uh, ounce for ounce in the same amounts? Why or why not? Centennial is already hard to get this year, and I'm being forced to change over and want to make the right calculation. Thanks for being the best show on the internet. You guys rock. And then here's an addendum. A uh, flat 10 to 20% rule seems like a, a, a thumb in the wind and differing variances in alpha acid levels could really cause a lot of variance. Is it just the craft part of craft brewing, or is there a way for a dude in the garage with a beer in one hand and a calculator in the other to make this repeatable? It's repeatable. You multiply by, you know, 1.10. And, uh, no, uh, <laughs> you know, there is a less utilization in the, the whole hops because... Um, you know, the pelletizing breaks up, you know, the lupulin glands and exposes all that stuff. And you get, uh, you know, a better uh, mixing of all those little alpha acid bits with the uh, the wort. So, yeah, that, that, that is true. Um, you know, part of good utilization is good mixing with the wort. And when... Um, that material is deep inside the cone. It does not get mixed with the extra wort. So, ten percent. Right. I mean, uh, you know, it, it may be, you know, like you're saying, it may be seven, it may be twelve, it may be who knows. But you know, dial in with your own. Uh, you know, take some notes, give it a try, and see. And, and if you say to yourself, in, in hops each year. You know, you're going to get kind of a, a variance on on that, and your grains and everything. You just need to, you know, be a good brewer, and and that's where the crafty part comes in. Do you agree or disagree, John? I agree. Yep. You would. Mm-hmm. 
That's what my memo here says. <laughs> Agree with Jamal. That's right. the, you know, when he signs that check at the back, it says, I hereby agree. And everything that says. Does the green sign come on or the red sign? So, yeah. uh, this is from Scott. He says, hey, howdy, hey, and greetings, cretins. Love you guys a long time, and many thanks for all the awesome info that the show and you two individually have brought to the hobby. So the deal is this. Over the past several years, I've become increasingly visually handicapped. Basically, almost blind as a bat. Now, being able to brew has somewhat mitigated the journey into the depths of insanity, um, but at the same time, it can be very frustrating, and one might assume possibly dangerous as being blind and playing with hot things could be, well, contraindicated. I don't know. That's a big, long word. Uh, I'm sure there are. Contraindicated? Yeah. Uh, I'm sure there are others with many different challenges who could truly benefit from and obsess over brewing just as much as those less blessed with such obstacles. So I was wondering. Um, that uh, Jay-Z, JP, and the ingenious Mr. Blickman explore options that could make brewing safer and more enjoyable for us functionally challenged folks, keeping in mind that many of us brew on budgets as well. In addition, I would like to extend a huge measure of thanks to JP for putting his book on the web, as it is the only way I would have been able to read it. To read it. All the wonderful info out there, um, but so little of it is accessible to so many in situations such as myself. Another reason why Brew Strong and CYBI rock. Blah, blah, blah. Cheers. Scott. So, JP, you have a book, what is it, Cats and Unicorns, yeah. that you put on the... Uh, yeah, it's a mis... I get it all the time. Uh, JP is not John Palmer. JP is Jason Petros. John Palmer is John Palmer. Rock Candy. Rock Candy is John Rock Palmer. Rock Candy, Palmer. Handsome like guy with junk in the trunk is John Palmer. <laughs> guy who loses in fencing competitions to 14-year-old girls is John Palmer. This is not <laughs> JP. This is not Jason Petros. Just uh-huh. sorry, Scott. I don't. Well, have we not uh, <laughs> in the past? I don't know if it was you and I, John, or somebody else. Um, I've uh, had some stumbled around blindly in the dark <laughs> together. Yes, <laughs> blind drunk. No, um, no. I had a uh, uh, a, a, a home brewer who was uh, I mean, uh, completely blind. Mm. Um, <laughs> I remember the story. Yeah, and so uh, not much else, but I knew. He he got around with uh, just fine, you know. He and he was talking about reaching into the kettle to uh, feel the level of the water and things yeah. like that. And you know, something's boiling. You wave your hand over it. You can hear it boiling. You can kind of feel it spitting as you, you have your hand over there. You can tell whether it's a rolling boil or a simmer. I mean, you it's know, still they, dangerous though. Uh, I don't know. I gotta um, imagine they have like audible thermometers that will like. Give you an audible right, know, right, sure, absolutely. You could, you can, you can get um, thermometers that read out uh, what the temperature is, so you can use that for your mash and strike temperature or for yeah. your extract. Doing extract, you don't even need that. And um, he got along just fine. Um, I, I, I know it's a serious challenge. I don't know that I could do it, but um, yeah, I guess uh, I think know. Scott, if he could, you know, make some suggestions on. Uh, what sort of gadgets would he think would benefit him? And you know, we could probably or what, uh, talk to Blickman about them. Yeah, or what he does. I mean, tell, yeah. you, you tell us. We don't have any experience brewing uh, while incapacitated. Here's that what we do: yeah. is we get John Blickman to close his eyes, put a blindfold on, <laughs> and say, "Do and this. brew ten batches." And uh, <laughs> yeah, he probably would. I bet you. I bet you he would, at the very least, try doing certain things with his eyes closed to see how it was. I bet you we could get Blickman to. I think we've all done it, at least the kids. You know, when you first learn that someone can actually be blind. Well, you know, yeah. You don't want to look at it. It's gross. It's an ugly thing down there. 
Well, know, isn't okay. what is what is that system that uh, Morbier sells now? Uh, it's like the one, oh, the Brownmeister vessel. Yeah, yeah the you Brown could definitely do that. that. I think anything that yeah. like limits That's it to cool. one vessel, you know, to yeah. limit moving it around, uh, would be would help. And right, I mean, Brownmeisters right. are pretty expensive, but That's true. They are. But you know, you're not moving around anything on like a Blickman top tier. You're, you yeah. know, the kettles are set there, and you just. But there's uh, there's val. You know, you need certain rates to open up, and you know, there's certain yeah, there's certain. But you can feel, you know, yeah. the position of the valve, and you know. There's a lot of stuff, but I mean, you know, it sounds like he's not 100 percent blind. Right, uh, right. Because right. then I would recommend you just stop. I don't. know. I, I would recommend right. stop. But I'm a pussy. I don't the, want to burn myself. Right, but there, you know, so here's the thing, you know, Blickman could go ahead and design a fully automated system where you, know, you pour grain in one end and beer comes out the other. Right. And it's like, you know, how much homebrewing is that? Or you, you make, you know? I mean, make friends with someone and have them brew for you so you can make the recipe and well, taste yeah. the stuff along the way. Or you can you know, like talk tasty. with them. And, and this guy's already been, been, that's the way I do it. Um, uh, you know, this guy's already been, uh, you know, brewing so he has some ideas but uh yeah. yeah i mean you could have you know f- friends come over and participate in that but uh it would be a good thing for uh you know for blickman maybe to think about if there oh, was totally you know if anybody could think of you know ways to make um people with reduced sight um uh, more effective in the brewery then that would be that would be one way but yeah, it made like an audible brewmometer yeah, they have right, there right. has to be some. Anyway, Scott, um so, Yeah, good question. I like yeah. that. Keep brewing, dude. That's awesome. Yeah. Man. You're still trying to work it out, man. And uh sorry to hear about your, your yeah. blindnesses. No reason to give up. I think, you know, like they say, it'll improve the other senses. You'll be, you know, your detection sense your sense of smell may, you know you, you get get that uh well you just focus more on it. I don't know. Um, I don't even like brewing when I'm kinda t- kinda sorta tired. So I can't imagine like going blind. I'd be I wouldn't. I'd be like, fuck that, dude. Yeah, I'd probably just yeah. lay on the couch. Oh, for sure. I was born blind. Yeah, people Look bring me. me. It got better. <laughs> what? <laughs> I really was born blind, though. Really? Yeah. yeah I it's not a joke. <laughs> it's funny though. Just yeah. It. Yeah. Yeah. Your delivery is awesome, Ward. Yeah. What do you mean That's you were born blind? Joke. You were actually legally born blind. Yeah, I had a. Uh, my retinas were underdeveloped, mm-hmm. and so I actually just didn't have enough to where I was worse than legally blind. But hmm. retinas continued to grow as. A, ah. I Did you brew before Un- your unlike testicles? Huh, JP? Uh, <laughs> Tell me about <laughs> it. No, I don't know if I was doing very much before my retinas developed. <laughs> but you're just doing extract, were you? Or? <laughs> <You're>, yeah. <laughs> Burn from John Palmer. <laughs> I don't even know what's happening anymore. You want to do a um, a break? Yes. You want to do another break? Yes. Our last break? Our last break, and then we'll come back uh, maybe one or two more questions, and that'll be it for the show. Cool. Back after this. When Blickman Engineering set out to design a great brewing stand, they knew it had to be strong, adaptable, and last for a lifetime. The top-tier brewing stand is now proudly available at BlickmanEngineering.com. It grows with your brewing skills and equipment. Start with 5-gallon coolers on its heavy-gauge stainless steel shelves. Then move all the way up to 30-gallon pots on the high-output burner tiers. Speaking of burners, the custom Blickman Engineering top-tier burners are extremely powerful, efficient, and amazingly quiet. They have safety stops to center your 
pot, and they'll last a lifetime and won't rust. The top-tier brewing stand allows virtually infinite combinations from traditional gravity systems to two tiers to completely horizontal. Configure your stand the way you want and have the freedom to change it at any time in the future. Your brewing stand should adapt with you, not force you to learn a new process. Visit BlickmanEngineering.com today to configure your top-tier brewing stand and to find a local Blickman retailer. You'll be surprised with all the flexible features and the competitive price. Start brewing with Blickman from the top tier. In a world where everything has been lost. What happened to the city? It's in ruins. Only one man has the ancient knowledge to restore civilization. Uh, I need a drink. No, the liquor store's been ransacked. You looking for beer, stranger? <laughs> Boy, all the liquor got drunk up in the first 25 minutes of the apocalypse. Wait, there's still some bottles over... Oh, no. Those are non-alcoholic beer. <laughs> I reckon you better stick to arrowroot tea and a desperate nomadic existence like the rest of us. People, I'm a home brewer. I know how to make alcohol. <gasps> Come with me if you want the beer. Okay, I'm going to need some big plastic buckets. He is the chosen one. The prophecies say that he's going to get us wasted. Someone start heating water. And then From the creators of Northern Brewer, the people who brought you $7.99 Brew Saver Shipping, massive selection, and superior customer service comes... vial of White Labs yeast is the key to your best beer. When you open a vial of White Labs yeast, you're giving your beer its best chance for a perfect fermentation. In addition to their already incredible variety of yeast, White Labs is proud to announce WLP 90, San Diego's super yeast, now available year-round. WLP 90 is super clean, super fast fermenting, with low esters and has a neutral flavor and aroma profile. It's alcohol tolerant and highly flocculent. For more of the latest White Labs news, click over to whitelabs.com, where you can read reviews of yeast, learn in the lab section, and join the customer club. And if you should find yourself in San Diego, White Labs has a brand new training facility for craft brewers and home brewers alike. Whitelabs.com. Discover yeast, nutrients, enzymes, and more for commercial breweries, home brewers, and homebrew stores. White Labs. It's all in the vial. Hi, I'm Jamel Zanishef, and in addition to my work on the Brewing Network, I write the style profile column in every issue of Brew Your Own magazine. Hi, I'm Sean Paxton, and when I'm not prepping for the home-brewed chef on the Brewing Network, you can find me writing articles on how to cook with your homebrew for Brew Your Own magazine. Greetings, cretins. This is John Palmer, and when I'm not writing for Brew Your Own, I'm reading it. John Palmer, Sean Paxton, Jamil Zanishev. If you love listening to them on the Brewing Network, you'll love reading their articles, tips, and recipes in the pages of Brew Your Own magazine. Join Jamil, John, and Sean eight times a year in Brew Your Own. And when you subscribe to BYO on the Brewing Network website, half of your subscription price goes right back to the BN to support great beer and food programming. So sign up for Brew Your Own magazine through the BN website today so you can listen and read 
read your way to better homebrew. Back to the beer guys that make other beer guys look like wine guys. Brew strong. I think this is the most bizarre <laughs> time in the studio I've had in a long time. Most, I really want to do a, discussion. Sh- a show where we just leave the mics on during when we t- when when for what we're talking on breaks. Yeah, we'd lose most of our listeners. No, I think we would gain a shit ton. <laughs> it would be a lunch meet. Are super interesting. <laughs> it would be lunch meet. We were super interesting. Was that our last break? Uh, yes. And we'd lose all our sponsors just like Rush. Come <laughs> <laughs> on. <laughs> all right. Two more questions. One more. Right. Two more. It's One, from Aimong um, Fling in the chat. I don't know how to pronounce it. Sorry. Uh, hey, JP. I'm assuming he means Jason Petros and not John Palmer. Uh, I was wondering which styles would be the best to brew using a sour mash, and what qualities do those styles have that lend themselves to melding with that particular sour flavor? Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Chris's question. Chris, is that your question? Are you the yeah. man who loves, he loves the... <laughs> Of course, he's going to say Berliner Weiss. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, I mean the the, the obvious uh, answer is is the German sours. When are when are you guys going to fuck up that style for Heritage? Oh man, I can't wait. I don't know. Yeah. Pro- probably not for a little while until we get to our own brewery. Yeah. And can have you some space. imagine selling thirty barrels of Berliner Weiss? Oh, man. I would drink it's it all. Awesome. I wanted well, all I that Tafel Bully, but I, I couldn't could, afford. I, it. I could brew a Berliner Weiss. Right. But yeah, so the German sours like Berliner Weiss and uh, Goza. Are, are good candidates for for sour mashing. Uh, I, th- I I I theorize that you can do a lot of uh, the sours, uh, any traditional sour with a a sour mash if you uh, if you con- complement it with a, a Britannomyces uh, fermentation afterwards. But you won't get it. Won't be exactly the same. It's a very different sour character than than a traditional bacteria driven souring. So, Jabel, have you done any sour mashes at all? Yes, I have. And how did those turn out? <coughs> Sour. Nice. Alright. So I basically do. just, they're lint for just, keep them to the sour styles. Is this sour mashing, yeah, yeah. For the well, sour. I mean, uh, the Germans will, the Germans <laughs> will mash use... Sour mash for acidification <laughs> of, the, of the mash. Of acidifying, yeah, the mash of just to, to, to keep the right height. Uh, but they'll just have like a, a sour mash going all the time and use just doses of the wort to that's where the do that. german acid malt comes from is just just in order mm-hmm. to adjust ph all right one more real quick got a short one? one more email one um yeah maybe depends how much we prattle on well no, here we go uh this is from jeff in pacifica california hey brew strong love the show you guys have not only uh increased my blah 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 you guys are awesome jp's great uh, since listening to your show, I'm awesome. Okay, here we go. I've scoured your archives, but I've not found anything related to whirlpooling. I know virtually every commercial brewery employs this practice and was wondering uh, what it can offer to the home brewer in the final product, if it is even necessary. Maybe you could also detail how the home brewer might perform this practice with or without a pump. What might be different in a whirlpool versus non-whirlpool beers for commercial or homebrewed examples? How important is it to appropriately separate the break material from the ferment for the final product? What role does whirlpooling play in hop aroma? I appreciate all you guys do, and thanks for reading. So, no, that's not a short. That's not a short one at all. Yeah, good, good job reading that one. <laughs> so the the main reason that commercial breweries whirlpool their wort is really just to recover more wort. 
Um, you know, they're trying to get the brake material and the hops and all that crap in the middle so they can draw off more liquid wort to ferment. So it's all about money when you're commercial brewing. So that's why they whirlpool. That's essentially the only reason for it. In home brewing, you know, people do this. You know, you can do it for a similar reason. Um, I do did uh, homebrew uh, whirlpool chilling just because it's a faster way to cool down the wort. Um, but, you know, just, just the whirlpool itself. The problem with um, whirlpooling and hop character is if you're letting it sit, you know, when, when we whirlpool, you know, we're whirlpooling 20 minutes and then it sits for 20 minutes, you know, you know that's at least 40 minutes. A lot of breweries, it's an hour. You let your, your wort sit hot for an hour, the hop character tends to really drop off until you, you know, until you chill it down. So a lot of times you want to run through a hop back or something like that. Um, and what I found was when I switched from using uh, an immersion chiller in home brewing to a counterflow chiller, uh, my hop character actually de- decreased uh, because you know the wort would sit hot while I ran it through the counterflow chiller versus immediately kind of locking in some of that hop character. So um, yeah, I'm not a big fan of whirlpooling. I think commercial brewers do it just because they have to for financial reasons. Anybody else? Chris? John? Warren? Not covers it. Yeah, I mean, what whirlpooling itself is, is it's cloning-wise, it's just a time thing. Right. So you don't have the actual whirlpooling. May, I mean, yeah. you might have some sort of difference in the utilization of the hop oils with with the agitation, just mm-hmm. to, you know, maybe, but I think the entire, like, the actual motion is just to just to get it the cone, and mm-hmm. if you're using an immersion chiller, then you don't have to separate because you don't want the 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 protein in the in the hops going into your your plate exchanger, especially mm-hmm. when you can't take it apart like a braised exchanger that you use you would use at home. Mm-hmm. And so it's just about trying to get the cleanest wort possible to go, to go through your heat exchanger. And as long as you keep out the majority of your brake material and hop material, if you're using a, a an immersion chiller, I wouldn't worry about it too much. Sounds good to me. All right. Ready to get out of here? Yeah, let's call that a wrap. If you're listening live, hang on. We're going to do one more. Just because JP told me we had to. Hey, I need to pay the bills, baby. All right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, if if, uh, if you got any questions for us, uh, you know, stay tuned, and uh, you can ask them live in the chat room. You go to thebrewingnetwork.com, chat now, and you jump right in and uh, ask us the questions on the show. Or you can email them to brewstrong at thebrewingnetwork.com, and we always love to get your questions and show suggestions and uh, other goodies like that. And, you know, nude pictures of your wife, uh, you know, especially if they're good looking. Or your girlfriend. Or your girlfriend, yeah. yeah or your yeah, wife's girlfriend. Or your wife's girlfriend, or uh, your wife's boyfriend or whatever. Wife yeah. and your girlfriend. Your wife and your girlfriend <laughs> together. Warren is a good addition to the show. Yeah. Chris, yes. nah, I don't know. Yeah. Chris, yeah, he's <laughs> too serious. He's got information, shit like that. It's just like <laughs> <laughs> annoying. Chris has information. Yeah. Just <laughs> we don't need that. We need weird yeah. stories about right. Warren. Though. True stories <laughs> about retinas. True stories about Warren. All right. If you want the, if you want more of this and more true stories about Warren, you go to the, the brewingnetwork.com. Check out the store. There's lots of goodies in there. Uh, when you buy that stuff, all the profits go to the bottom line of the Brewing Network and help uh, keep this programming on the air. So if you enjoy it, go go check that out. Also, you might check out some of our great sponsors, Blickman Engineering, Adam and Eve. Uh, uh, good good folks and uh, good products of both. Craft Brew You. And Craft Brew You. All right. So, uh until then, Bruce Strong. Bruce Strong, everybody. 